0: Welcome back to Down the Rabbit Hole, I'm William. Today, we're gonna be talking about the most recent and ongoing, in some ways, legislative session here in Texas and its impact, particularly on queer people. To help me with this conversation today, I've got two of my TCAV colleagues, Tracy, who is my prevention teammate, and Krista, who is our legislative director, both of whom have been on the podcast before. So we won't re-intro them. If you want to know more about them, you can go to their episodes and listen to them. And we also have a special guest with us, Tracy.
1: Yes. Yeah. I would love to introduce our guest today. So we are really fortunate to be joined by the lovely Maxine Laqueen, a drag performer and trans activist within the Central Texas area. She regularly does shows and drag bunches in Austin, um, has also been a powerful presence and voice during the latest legislative session. And I would say not only, you know, a member of the queer community and the drag community, but really a leader in the community and a, a voice for it. I've also had the honor of seeing Maxine perform in Austin at Halcyon and in smaller communities like here in Waco. And I think having that kind of presence in these smaller Texas communities, it's really empowering and sort of moving for the folks here. But in Maxine, please feel free to jump in now and introduce yourself. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: No, please keep going. All the <laughs> accolades, I need it right now. Thank you for the ego boost. Hi, everybody. To everyone listening, my name is Maxine Laqueen. I am the suspiciously large trans woman of Austin, Texas. I have been a Texas resident for four years now, actually, starting in August. And I've been a drag entertainer and showgirl for 10 years this year, actually.
0: That's awesome. I have also, I think we've all seen you perform in different places. And so it's so great to meet you and have you here to, to help us have this conversation about the live session and its impact on the queer community. So for those of you listening, as always, like, please take care of yourself as you're listening to this episode. This session was really hard. Um, Absolutely. And so if you need to take a break from the episode, please do, and just join us back whenever you're ready. We'll we'll be talking about the session and some of the bills that have happened and some of the impact, and they're already seeing, that we're anticipating, and we'll probably tie a lot of this conversation back to our movement, our domestic violence movement. And so please just take care of yourself as we talk through this topic today.
2: And there'll be some positive as well. We're going to talk about the community here in Austin and- Ways for everyone to be an activist in their own communities. You don't have to put on a wig and, you know, yell at senators to be heard. That's just how I like to do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So true. We like to start every episode with a little bit of an icebreaker. So in light of the current cultural phenomenon that is Barbenheimer, I am curious if people have (laughs) Thoughts, if people have seen Oppenheimer or Barbie, if people have thoughts on it, if people are just, like, into it or hate it or what? Like, what are people's Barbenheimer
2: status? Okay, I haven't seen either movie yet, but I feel like at this point, do I really need to? Because the phenomenon all over social media, the memes of it all, the drag world memes are (laughs) hilarious. There was... A video of this femme person who was standing next to the Oppenheimer, like, you know, cutout thing in like a black dress with a corset belt. And then you see the video, and they reveal the black outfit, and it's actually a pink, like, dress underneath it. And then they just walk on over to the little Barbie set thing. And I just, I feel like that's pretty much that in a nutshell is this crazy social media phenomenon of it all. The drag world is obsessed with Barbie. Everyone's a Barbie now, apparently. Some of us have been brats our whole lives, but that's fine. I guess (laughs) I'm a Barbie now. (laughs) How do y'all feel about it? Who's seen it? I haven't seen either movie yet because your girl has been busy. But y'all have seen it, right?
3: I haven't seen it yet. And I am so excited to see it. I, Barbie. I'll probably see Barbie first. (laughs) Yes. Definitely Barbie first. I grew up, you know, playing with Barbies. And I really am excited about it because of the perspective it's bringing. Because I was hanging out with a friend last night watching the World Cup game, US versus Netherlands. And my friend who's also queer was letting me know. She was like, well, I understand why people don't want to go see it. Cause like, I hated Barbie growing up and I hated pink because of Barbie. And I was like, I always loved Barbie. And I didn't think it was mutually exclusive that you could be a feminist and a strong woman and be really into like Barbie and like dressing up and stuff. And I'm just really excited that we're moving towards a time, at least, in pop culture where we're making space for like, you can do all of these things. Like nobody gets to say just cause you look like that or wear a high heel that you're not like hardcore. A like, badass bitch. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just super excited for what it is, like the stretch that it's having on- It's on, the like, reach.
2: The it really is. Yeah. I mean, as a trans woman who grew up in a conservative household, I didn't get to really live that fantasy, you know, playing with dolls. I mean, I had action figures that were, you know, does anyone remember Max Steele? Anybody? Okay. So I had those action figures and they were muscly and it was homoerotic. And I just feel like that was the beginning of my obsession with dolls, you know, and then (laughs) I became one.
0: (laughs) Living that dream. Yeah. I have seen both. So my partner and I went, and watch them back to back. It was a long day in the theaters. Like,
2: how long was that day? Like, how each movie was
1: three hours? Oh, my goodness, we had a
0: 45 minute break, and then Barbie. Ooh.
1: Barbie's two,
0: two, yeah. That's, so, oh my goodness, it was a long time that we spent in a homo draft house that day. So, but first of all, that was the first like movies that we had gone to see together. So, like,
2: oh, I love that. Yeah.
0: But we watched Oppenheimer first. It was good it was really good it was very loud very like you know blowing things up and like intense yeah and so barbie was fun and i hadn't i'd seen a lot of the memes a lot of stuff on social media but i didn't actually know a lot about like the perspective that it was bringing to your point point, and and i really loved it it was really just a really good movie so yeah
1: i would agree with that yeah i went and saw barbie with my 12 year old on sunday and she's not into Barbie. She doesn't play with dolls. So I really wasn't sure how she would kind of perceive it or take it. I was really surprised that there were a lot of little kids in the theater, like five-year-olds uh, with their parents. And I think the funniest thing, though, at the end of it, she just looked at me and she goes, they went really deep with that.
2: <laughs> no way.
1: <laughs> I loved it. And so I'm going to take my mom to go see it this weekend.
2: I loved that. So...
0: I am excited for y'all to see it. I think it's just a, it, it is, it's a commentary on like the world and, and I, or Barbie in particular. And I, and I think that it's really well done. we did a really good job with the like direction.
2: Did y'all see, it was like within its first weekend of premiering, the amount of money that was spent on making the movie and for like marketing, they already surpassed that amount in the box office on the first weekend.
0: Because that marketing team was... Baby, yes.
2: And that was kind of like the last marketing moment that's happening with the SAG strike that's happening. That was kind of like the last big, you know, union moment that they were marketing towards because nothing else is happening. Everyone else is like on strike and they're not, you know, these actors and, and these writers are like, after Barbie, we're not... You know, there's going to be like no TV next year or no movies. And I'm like, excited, honestly, because that's a whole other conversation. Let me not <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm go down this rabbit hole, y'all. <laughs> that is interesting because so we
0: bought tickets, my partner and I. And immediately I was like, did we just cross the picket line? I was so worried. Yeah, because it's life- like,
2: who's that? Yeah, what, what are those dollars going towards? Oh, I guess. Nice.
0: But they're going to start like,
2: spiraling, like, yeah. honey. Don't do it. Mm? Yeah.
0: We went to like SAG, but like, the website and they were like it wasn't like you can't buy tickets you can't consume media you know so I felt much better but I had a full moment about being a scare
1: they were actually encouraging (laughs) encouraging people to go because it supports the fact that we need our writers and our actors to be able to yeah
2: yeah absolutely I mean there's even I mean this it trickles down to like the furthest points where you wouldn't realize it. I mean, there are drag entertainers who are part of SAG Astra, the like Mm -hmm. actual, like they have their card and everything. And there were different shows and events that even the queer community is like, no, we're not doing that. We stand with these writers. There are drag queens who are writers for shows and they're like, baby, we've been fighting this fight for decades. Let's keep it going, you know? So thanks everybody for
0: putting in on Barbenheimer. And this session was really hard. I mean, I feel like <laughs> the last couple have been hard. So Maxine, you said you've been in Texas for four years. I just crossed my five-year mark at the end of June. And so the way session works down here is different from other places. And so yeah. it's, there's a lot of things that are different. And But this session it was just really hard. And it was really hard for queer
2: people. Yeah, we- it's weird to think that it's every other year. Like I sat here and I'm like, what are they doing for the rest of the time? Like y'all going to your nice little little fancy little homes, trying to get sponsorship and you know all that mess. It's crazy.
0: Going to be in specials, I think, the whole time the <laughs> listen,
2: shows. as long as we're not brought up in those special sessions, leave me alone, please. <laughs> but this session was it was really hard,
0: and it's important to acknowledge that it was difficult to watch. It was difficult to like. Advocate during, like, here at TTIV, Chris, I'll let you say more, but like, we have our own legislative agenda for survivors and for domestic violence programs, and to watch some of where those things overlap and some where they don't, and just being able to hold as like queer people who work in a movement that is also challenging to navigate sometimes in policy sessions. Like, it's just a lot to hold and it's a
2: lot to process. And, and it's confusing. It is confusing as hell. That's like one of the biggest, you know, mental obstacles throughout this session has been just the memorization and the like how confusing wording is and political jargon. and I mean, showing up for my first time, like at the capitol inside. like it was like a maze. Like it really is confusing. And so many people, feel bad i mean in the community i can only speak for a lot of us the confusion on what we're doing was a big part of it you know that mental warfare is showing up and then waiting you know and then getting ready to wait and then yeah it's just confusion
0: (laughs) a lot to learn and krista so you've been doing policy in texas for ccf for a while now like what are your thoughts
3: well, this is my 10th legislative session with the Texas Holy Hell on family violence. And I've already dated myself saying that. <laughs> 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 I'll date That's myself. Yeah, like I kind of was t- contemplating this question and thinking about my relationship with the Texas legislature. And there used to be this option on Facebook about your relationship status that was, it's complicated. Oh, and my God. <laughs> that's what I sort of say. My relationship with the Texas Ledge is And this complicated. session. Yeah, it's complicated. And this session felt incredibly, there was a exponential and personally existential complexity about working and being in the midst of the 88th legislature. And, you know, I work, as William mentioned, as an advocate for survivors, family violence and the programs that serve them. And we were able to accomplish some of our priorities through this legislature, and it was a particularly brutal session. And I would say it was brutal for so many communities because the targets and those who suffered the brunt of the actions and the inactions of the legislature are those who have already suffered so much harm. And they are groups that didn't arrive at the Capitol with privileged power. And the actions of some members at the legislature, and ultimately what the entire legislature did on a number of issues can only be depicted as ranging from callous to bullying to outright targeted blows at Individual people, families, and communities. And one of the most complicated parts about the last session for me was as a person that was in the building a bunch. What was my greatest bright spot was the very presence of the very brave individuals that were the targets of all this at the Capitol. So seeing Uvalde families, watching drag queens in the rotunda, hearing trans kids speak out. I was constantly in awe and heartbroken and inspired. And so I, by these incredible advocates and now with Maxine here... With us today, I can say y'all gave me so much strength to keep going. And so while I celebrate some of the wins we had specifically for family violence programs and survivors, I hold and recognize that our state is continuing to create this oppressive ether of terror. It's that pushback.
2: Yeah, it's that pushback.
3: It's a pushback. And it's just, it's only going to increase harm and violence and Survivors will only experience more blocks to safety. And so that's my reflection on this session.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you. I think, yeah, uh, I think yeah. there were a lot of mixed emotions, heavy emotions. And and Maxine, and, and forgive me for not knowing this, I'm not sure if you've been involved in any sort of activism previously at this level, but kind of what motivates you to be active in the legislative session or what motivated you this last time?
2: Absolutely. So Being that I've done drag for 10 years at this point, I originally got involved with activism and political stance. I... Started my career and I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And so I was living in St. Louis and it was 2016 when Donald fucking Trump got elected into office. And I was just a much younger queer person and like a drag baby at that time. And it was a much different feeling then versus now. And I just remember that like the anger and the rage that I felt with This person being elected, you know, all of the negative, you know, political energy that's out there. I really just started channeling that into my performances and kind of really... That's where it started was, okay, what can I do? I mean, I didn't vote for him. I voted, obviously, fucking Democrat, regardless of who the best, you know, option is. And after that, I was like, okay, well, I voted. What else can I do? You know what I mean? Like, what resources are out there for the queer community to come together and what are ways that we can fight back in St. Louis, Missouri. And so it was a lot more simple. I wasn't as much, you know, at the Capitol in their faces yelling at senators. It was more so posting about it online, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, my performances. Literally the day after he got elected, I had a show and I went and printed out a picture of Hillary Clinton and then a picture of Donald Trump. And I put them on like little picket sign things. You know I'm talking about? Like little sticks or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I did Monster by Lady Gaga. That boy is a monster. That song. And it just, I don't know. It just like, I was like, performing it like I'm talking to Hillary and then oh my god Donald Trump he's the monster and then I like lit his photo on fire and then smashed it on the ground and like put some of that rage out you know what I mean and so that was really where it started and then from there it's just been resources of being you know using my voice online you know I kind of tell everybody this is uh you don't have to show up physically to show up for the community you can use your voice whatever platform you are on social media whatever platform you have in your job in your family in the community it's as simple as saying I do not agree with these bills that are being introduced you know or I do agree with the positive things that our community is doing or you know some of the legislature is actually working towards aiding the community You know, it's not all bad and it's not all doom and gloom. And I think a little bit of the confusion is that if I'm not there all day, every day, am I really making a difference? And I think, yes, you don't have to be like the rest of us. I'm full-time drag entertainer. So working with Equality Texas, which is one of the organizations here in Texas that has been just the most impactful Working with, you know, people at the Capitol and testifying and fighting, you know, these lawmakers, they've been instrumental with that. And it's just been, if I'm able to be there, I'm able to be there. If I have to be the voice, I'm fine with that. I've always been loud. I've always been big. I've always been unapologetic. If I have to be that person, I'm fine with that, you know, because not everybody can.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really So we do this activity sometimes with during our like prevention trainings It's called 15% Solutions. And it's really meant to like get through some of those blocks that people have of like, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And I need my executive director's permission to do this. And I need, well, what can you do in this moment? Like, even if it's like, research or reading Dropping a
2: card then, I kept telling people the simplest thing you could do is drop a card you know what I mean you,
0: yeah finding that small thing that like works for you and, and to your point like not everybody can and you mentioned it too Krista like not everybody can sit in front of the legislature and test no it's
2: traumatizing. Like this it is traumatizing. I'm not using that term lightly here. There is trauma that I haven't even entirely unpacked yet because in the drag world as a, you know, an entertainer, we have to keep moving. You know, I don't really get as much time to reflect on yesterday's show or this Texas legislative session. You know, I've had, moments and talking on podcasts like these is a lot of therapy. You know, it's therapeutic to be able to speak it out, let that energy go. I think that's my way of processing it.
0: Yeah. And I think people would think like, oh, you're a drag entertainer or oh like we get up in front of rooms of people and train them and like facilitate conversations and
2: so it should be easy. Like no it's not it's it's (laughs) not the same.
0: It's a very different, very stressful environment, especially when you have like two minutes and, like, you're trying to, like, get all Don't even get me in. started
2: on that two minutes, let me tell you. Because that first time that I did the testimony, I was a wreck. Like, I was sitting at that table, like, shaking. I yeah. felt like my mind went blank. And the two minutes were up. And they kept trying to cut me off when half the time these senators weren't even fucking paying attention or they were on their phones. And so I was just, like, I've had it when they were, like, thank you for your testimony. I'm, like, oh, you're welcome. Like, fuck you, you know,
1: it's just, uh. Yeah. Um, I, I know you, you talk up, you mentioned that, you know, it's true that performers have to keep going. Drag performers have to keep going. There's no time to really stop and think about it and process it. What are, have you seen some of like the impacts on the community already happening? Oh, what absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I think the largest impact that I've seen, you know, we're talking, you know, we'll say June and July. So a lot of Pride Month, I think, yeah. A lot of us were busy with corporate pride shows and events. I did a lot of like corporate pride drag bingo events for some reason. That's just what these big companies think this is how we're going to celebrate, you know, our queer employees, you know, these groups. And so I would be doing drag bingo bingo over Zoom and we would focus on the pride in June. And so then July has, I think, been a very mental processing kind of month. And I've been seeing a lot more of the impact in performances. So I've done, you know, countless shows and performances where I'm doing a song that is political, that means something. And then I have these picket signs and these... Cardboard signs and it's different mantras. You know, I have one that's trans is beautiful. Um, I might have one that says my genitals do not define me. I did a show at Charlie's for when the legislative session ended, sign die. And I had a poster board where I printed out all of the negative headlines. Like Fox News did a headline about the fact that I worked with Smirnoff. Last year for an event, I printed out a bunch of the negative comments on like Twitter and TikTok, put them on this poster board. And I did a number where I just stood there and just like held the sign up and was like, this is what the negative is. And then at the end of the song, I flipped the sign over and the sign said, your life matters. And that's just, you know, that's a way to, again, process that negative energy that the trauma of dealing with our government has caused. And so I think a lot of the up and coming entertainers now in Austin and then a few of us Community leaders who were at the Capitol were really pushing that. A lot of entertainers love using different signs as a way to get their emotions out or a message. We're really using messages. You know what I mean? I think that's the biggest thing is a political message in the middle of a performance because you can only do so much if you're just lip syncing to you know an emotional song. You know, there are ways. I've seen people take a piñata and fucking smash it. You know, I've seen some of my drag sisters have a photo of Greg Abbott and. They lit it on fire and they did a picture to burn by Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? It's that. I think that's really where the impact is, at least right now. Yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of the, you mentioned like mantras, like recently, a lot of the drag shows that I've been to, there's been like a, what do you call it when you like cheers? There's like a thing before you cheers, like a... Oh,
2: that's one of my favorite things. Yes, I call it a cheer, you know, I like a, you know, put your glasses in the air if you're drinking, if you're not drinking or sober, put your middle finger in the air and we're going to do a toast. I think that's what you were thinking, a toast. And that just gets the crowd not only like politically energized, but... In like a petty way, because there have been some shows. I did a Pride show in Lockhart, Texas, <laughs> and I did that Cheers. And there was just like a little group of like you know probably in their mid fifties, mid sixties, older cis white people who were sitting there, and they kind of were like, mm-hmm. "I'm like, mm. like, oh, do you support him? Oh, well, baby, you should. You are at the wrong show." And so I use that kind of post to not only empower the queer people in the audience, but also to make the people that might not agree with what I just said, to make them feel uncomfortable. Because I'm uncomfortable every day living in Texas.
0: (laughs) And so just a sidebar here, like you do, so you perform in Austin and you perform... I think Tracy has seen you in Waco and you've seen Waco, Dallas,
2: yes. Houston, San Antonio, yeah. I, anywhere that allows me to bring my, you know, talents to the stage. And I miss Waco. We used to do so many shows. I used to do I, a few monthly shows I love there. seeing
1: that there was drag even happening in Waco because it's, yeah. it's so I've done shows in so Queen,
2: Copperas Cove, Temple, Lockhart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my god, this one area in Texas just had a Pride. Martha? Martha? Martha. They just did a Pride in, in June and had a bunch of Austin local entertainers drive out there and be a part of it. I do a um, Wimberly Pride in September.
0: Yeah, so I was just wondering like you mentioned at that Lockhart show like having that experience like I think Austin it's described as the like the blue bubble the little blue like you know and so like I just wonder like do you get more pushback in those smaller communities or like obviously like you've been invited to perform there right like you're not just like rolling up up, you know yeah
2: knocking down the door
0: so like I'm just curious like if the vibe is Cause I imagine that you get a lot of people at your shows and you get a bunch of love and support. And like, it's Absolutely. probably so important to the small town queer folks that like you're there and performing and like living your truth and giving them an outlet. And, but also you might have those groups like during your toast that are like, mm, I'm not happy about this or.
2: Absolutely. So it's actually, it's, it's interesting places like Wimberley. Cause I've done Wimberley pride two years now. And it's at Savage's Hill Country Saloon. I don't know if y'all have been. It's like right outside of Wimberley. And there is such a large, weird, trans, just LGBTQI plus community there where there are these parents that you would probably think were like these conservative looking Republican types. But they have trans kids that they're bringing to the show because it's an all ages That's going to be an interesting thing, actually, now that I think about it, because the Senate Bill 12 goes into effect in September as of now. I mean, we're working towards blocking that, but the pushback, you know, I mean, if it's A group of people that are at the show and they're upset by me saying, fuck Greg Abbott or fuck Ted Cruz or, you know, fuck the Texas legislation. And if they're uncomfortable by that, and I can tell that they are, I will be on the mic and I'll fully say, if anyone's uncomfortable with that, you know, just imagine how uncomfortable I am living in Texas with my rights being taken away. It hasn't gotten past that. You know, they haven't gotten up and stormed out of the door. But if I see somebody and I've had a few, individuals at the big gay cabaret House Halcyon that I do every Saturday. You know, specifically after the legislation and my shit went viral on Twitter and people were sending death threats. I started getting random people showing up at the cabaret halcyon, not talking, not tipping, not drinking. They were just sitting there. And then I would catch them, try to take a photo or a video. And so I would call them out on the mic. Be like, Hi, what's your name? Oh, where are you from? Oh, are you here to support the show? Oh, okay. Well, you know, before you take a video or a photo of someone, please ask consent. And if not, you can leave the doors right there. I don't need you or your money, baby. If you're not here to support and make it known that you're supporting me, get out plain and simple. So
0: kind of flipping that around, like this session, again, it was hard, but did you discover any like unexpected allies or make any new like partnerships um, through this session?
2: Unexpected allies. Okay. Let me think. The only thing I can really say, and my brain is betraying me a little bit right now, but I would say probably some of the most unexpected moments. Where when I would be at the Capitol doing whatever, you know, legislative fight that we were doing that day, whether it was a rally or showing up to drop cards or testify is I would actually I would be approached by like some senators or House of Representatives or just lawmaker or, you know, a politician that was at the Capitol and I'm in drag or I'm like this, you know, feminine dressing feminine as a trans woman and they would just walk up and they would say i see you i support you thank you for being here thank you for fighting there are people that are like i've seen you here for the past three weeks every other fucking day and i would respond to them i'm like can i get on payroll for being a lobbyist or something because i'm here (laughs) it felt like we myself my partner our chosen family Mm we would be there every day and i'm like I've had it. I'm here more than I'm at home right now, or I'm at the Capitol more than I am doing my shows. And I remember there was just one specific man who was a lawmaker, you know, just walking by and he had stopped me. And he was like, thank you for being here. I think it was the first time I was doing the testimony. And he was like, we need more of the community out here fighting like what you're doing. And he had a trans pride flag pin on his lapel of his little suit jacket. And he just said, thank you, walked away, kept doing what he was doing. And I gravitate to that more because that's just like the power of showing up, the power of being visible. Representation matters. So I'm standing there being representation. And if it changes one person's outlook or maybe gets somebody talking, that's what I love. Those are those unexpected moments that I was not expecting Because, you know, besides that one person, me walking down the hall, I had every other, you know, conservative senator and their whole group of interns, like, you know what I mean? Just awkward glances and weird energy vibes. What was the second part of that question? I'm sorry. (laughs) The Unexpected Allies.
0: Partnerships, Partnerships with like, so you talked about like Equality Texas and partnering. Yes. Like, were there other teams? Texas,
2: Kent, which is the Transgender Educational Network of Texas. Let's see. Austin Pride has shown up, like the organization that is Austin Pride. My mind is blanking a little bit. Getting to develop some amazing relationships with people like Brad from Equality, Texas or a trans woman. She was the one who was holding the banner, that long banner on the second floor of the Capitol at the Rotunda. And she got banned from the Capitol. We still don't understand entirely because it's not illegal to do that. So you can have banners in the Capitol in that, you know, main Rotunda. But security and DPS was, I guess, extra mad at us that day. And they forcefully removed her. Developing relationships with with more... People within our community that I hadn't before. I mean, that I think that's going to come in handy moving forward because this isn't just one and done. Like, this is just the beginning of our fight, actually. You know what I mean? It's a continuation of what trans people have been fighting for decades, you know? So that's a little bit of it. (laughs) I love
0: that. Yeah. And Krista, I'm curious. Like, so Maxine was talking about those unexpected moments, and like, you've talked about this being your 10th session, I think. And
2: that's insane
0: it's wild and and i think people were here talking about how rough that session was and like i think people from around the country are like texas is awful and like a bad place to live and like you know But there's a lot of support for queer people in even like in the Capitol building, like a lot of the legislators, a lot of the organizations that come through, you see communities turning out. And so I just wanted to see like, what your perspective is over that time frame on like the advocacy that happens and, and how almost like even stronger that advocacy has to be in a state where you're, you're like constantly having to knock bad legislation down.
3: Yeah, it's weird because this session was so hard. And it gave me more pride about being in Texas and being in Austin, like I do think the Austin queer community is exceptional. (laughs) I guess I'm just being real Texan by saying like, I just think that and the advocacy I witnessed, it was on par with all of the other advocacy groups that are, like, working for oil and gas, but in a way that actually was visually attractive and, like, inclusive and, like, supported, like, the children that wanted to come and be a part of it in a way. I just felt like I felt such pride in what I saw happening and the care that I saw being extended to people, and that was all happening at the same time as, like, like just very real harm that was being like inflicted on the community through the creation of really oppressive laws. And so it is that really hard they're both there. They're both Texas. They were both happening in Austin. I also reflect, you know, like people try to talk, you know, shit about Texas and the Texas legislature and I'm like we're not a monolith. Like obviously like nobody is, no group is and like we have three out Black queer House representatives in the state of Texas. Show me another legislature that has that. Like there isn't one. And so like that can say that. And it's like, so we just live in such a profoundly complex like space here where it's amazing and gorgeous. You know, some of the folks that represent us in this state are just rock stars. And so brave because their colleagues are the same people that are basically diminishing their existence as they were yeah. debilitated distance of people testifying in front of them. And all of that is real. So it just it was it was just so much because it was like that really mixed feeling of like pride, but then feeling so ashamed about it too. Like so it was a real mixed bag.
0: Yeah. I think it's just, I don't know, it's great to watch, right? It's like to watch people, it's awful that people have to be in a position to like roll up and advocate for themselves and to watch the like strength and resiliency and like you said, care of the community together. And like as people are being dragged out of the capital and like
2: no pun intended
0: yeah
3: (laughs) oh that's good well one of my my favorite things i did was on a saturday mid-session equality texas had a rally on a saturday and it was right after which one which one
2: there was there's been so many all let me tell you
3: it was probably in march Okay. And it was like right after the Capitol Mall, like that beautiful lawn had just been sort of finished and opened up. And was it when we did the march? Yes. Yes. Yeah,
2: I was okay. I live for that. That has brought so much positive being a part of that because I was at the front. They had the y'all means all banner. Mm -hmm. And I was walking in the middle right behind it with everybody and I had my umbrella. And a photo that was taken from that has been used on the human rights campaign. I've seen people tagging me in it. The Instagram them has used it as like, these are all the bills that affect queer people directly and directly affect trans people. I have that video out there. I have it on TikTok and seeing that photo being used so many times for articles like i've seen it in like the Dallas news i've seen it here in Austin and like you know maybe some people you know don't see it as big of a thing but i say it all the time representation matters in the sense of you see the political progression that we're making. And then you see this large drag queen, you know, leading the battle, if you will. And I had a pink bullhorn and I was just shouting chants and mantras the whole time. I was sweating, my face was melting. So whoever took that photo, thank you for the nice little
3: filter. But yeah, no, that march was
2: beautiful. It It was was magical
3: because it was right when things were getting real. And when you're like, oh, dear Lord, like you're at the top of the roller coaster and you knew we were just going down. And it, But I just remember it was a hot day in March. And, and hot, did, honey. It was hot.
2: Yeah, hot in the
3: grass, though, so I walked barefoot and like in that grass. You're
2: to smart to do that because I still wore heels and I regretted it.
3: I'm sorry because the <laughs> grass was nice because it was fresh. Oh, that's beautiful. We saw found the picture.
2: Yes! I, I mean, live for that.
3: A friend of mine had that umbrella and
2: I was standing there and I'm like, has somebody Shade me. It's hot. I got this bullhorn. I'm screaming. I'm walking. So I'm holding this umbrella and keep going. I loved it. It, You know what? It's those moments like the heat, the melting, the sweating, you know, my feet being tired. None of that mattered. I was not paying attention to any of that because the energy was palpable. The queer community, the trans community, the leather community. I'm a big advocate for the leather and pup community as well. And so seeing different facts within this big rainbow of Austin and Texas come together to march. That was great. That was one of the highlights, if you will. You know, if we have to highlight this awful trauma. Also,
0: just like the, I think Tracy, you mentioned this earlier, maybe before we started recording, but like just how impressive it is that you're in full drag <laughs> yes. and people are in full like leather outfit things and puppy masks and like all of that. And I'm like, it is so hot. Like I, <laughs> and it ain't even have that.
2: Like that compared to now, can I have that yeah. day in March back? Because <laughs> yeah. I was 90, 90, maybe ninety. It was like eighty-eight.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's and just, now it...
2: I'm outside doing drag brunch on Sundays in San Marcos at two p.m. It is hundred and five. Oh my baby! <laughs> no. and, and
1: it's not
0: even like the times that I've seen you. At least like it's not like you're just standing there. Like you are like working the stage or the area. Like it's not like you're just chilling you know y'all
1: maxine does the jump into the splits like oh absolutely it's a thing Uh baby
2: after the party we're here to have a good time she is a performer She's so much fun to me you know what i mean and so i think being a six foot four 250 pound trans woman people may not expect me to do what i do but i love that doing a split doing a dip doing a kick like i could get down with y'all Don't
3: try it.
2: I can still move. My knees might hurt later, but hey, you know what? It's fine. It is
1: what it is.
3: I think that one of the things I'm so glad that you brought up that picture and that it's been utilized because I'm like, that was a Saturday. Like you said, you were already at the Capitol a bunch before then and would be there even more afterwards. I was already in that dang building way too much. But that event and gathering inspired me to go back. And I was like, I'm actually excited to be outside of the Capitol today, right now, and with these people. And seeing other people that I saw, like, inside the building, like, that morning, too, I was just like... That's sort of all of it. Like, it's so bad. And there's such joy and strength and power in being together that people will just still come out on a hot day on a Saturday after they've already given up so much of their time. Because that's how we, like, make community. And it fed me for weeks after that, you know, to really get through.
2: It's kind of that, you know, the beautiful positivity in a storm of negativity. But that's also kind of like a testament to To the resilience, I think, of all of us in the community, whether you're, you know, a queer person, drag, entertainer, an ally for the community. I think it was more of that. The more I go back to that specific rally, because there's countless things that I've done, you know, with the legislature. And it's just, yeah, the positivity felt from that, you can really stretch that. That could be moved through so many different channels, especially because a lot of times when we're at the Capitol, we're not as positive. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's so important to have leaders who are there in the community, like showing your pride, but also like your support and your just advocacy and activism, because there are a lot of young people that come to those things. And and it is important for them to see that, like that this community is not going to be quiet, that this community is going to fight for our rights and for each other's rights. And it's important for like,
2: y'all means all. All, you know, y'all means all. That is everybody under this beautiful rainbow that we have.
1: Yeah. yeah. Especially, you know, Texas has like one of the largest trans communities in the country. Mm-hmm. And so it's everyone that? Come Why, together. You
2: know, all the trans people really said, we're coming to Texas. Please stop taking <laughs> our rights away. <laughs> is that not the irony of life? Like, oh my, that's one of those moments that I have like spiraled about is I'm like, I've met countless trans people, a lot more that are kind of in their 30s and 40s who live live in these small towns in Texas. And when I do these shows and these pride gigs, I meet them. And then they tell me about, well, like, you know, thank you for, you know, I'm a millennial. Thank you for being one of the younger people in the community that are not afraid to fight. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm like, man, there are a lot of trans non-binary people living in Texas. And we all wanted to come and sweat and melt over here.
0: So like, so do you have any advice for people on like how to support? Like so we said earlier, right? Like maybe testifying or leading a march isn't everybody's thing. Right. So like, what are some we ways? We can't all be
2: that- a Taipei personality. I'm just saying the world would be a messed up <laughs> place even more than it was.
0: Exactly. So, like, what's some advice that you have on like if someone wants to support the trans community or the drag community or to be a part of legislative advocacy? I'm going to ask you that question. On Krista and Tracy, like, everybody has an opportunity to answer that. But like, what are ways that folks can support our communities and push back against some of these attacks?
2: It is as simple as using a lovely little thing called Google. I get a lot of people that ask. That exact question are they asked, how can they become more educated on what's happening? And do your research? I educate as much as I can to the degree that I'm mentally able to do so, but it does not fall on every trans person to educate every ally or every. This gendered straight person on how to be respectful. Do you know what I mean? Do a little bit of the research yourself. If you want to become involved, learn a little bit about the legislation that's happening in Texas. Go, I mean, crazy to say this. Go to a show, go see a drag show. During that first testimony in the Senate, there was somebody that had called out the senators and Hughes himself. Have y'all even been to a show? And they it pissed off Hughes, Brian Hughes, and he was like, You don't ask us questions. We can ask you questions. And the person was like, okay, but I still ask, have you ever, have you been to a drag show? And they're like, no, we have not. Like it was just the most solemn, no. And so I find that hilarious. I find that very ironic is the judgment of an entire community of people based on something you have never even seen. So if you want to learn how to be an advocate, show up, go to a show, follow somebody on Instagram, follow community leaders, It is as simple as I post as much as I can when I'm in a good mental headspace on social media about what's happening. I was posting all day every day during the legislative session. And it's as simple as sharing that. It's as simple as we all have an Instagram story. We all have Facebook. We all have Twitter, TikTok. It's as simple as viewing it, sharing it, commenting, bare minimum. And then from there, you can show up in person. You can create picket signs. You can go to the rallies. You can, you know, really get involved. So that's my point of view on it. What about y'all?
3: I mean, I always think, you know, just like support People, individuals, as you see them, and <laughs> just one of the things that you mentioned about you no know, lawmaker coming by and just thanking you, and I think that that's just really important. I'm a excessive complimenter, and some people <laughs> don't really want to hear it, and, and they just turn away and they're like, "Yeah, I don't need to hear." Tell
2: anything. me, nope, I will take it exactly. Excessively compliment
1: because they're right. all need you right now.
3: But like at least, like I wasn't saying mean to them, like, and at least they have that, and they can go on their day, no like oh that person thought I looked fucking awesome you know and I'm like yeah I did I want to make sure I got that out and you have that in your mind because I don't want to sit on that and I think like anything we can do and support I think for a lot of folks especially if there are also artists and performers is like you said show up to the shows but like give money like those venmo tips like all yeah. of those things, like just really like tip Donate. tip tip pay money give money support the venues that support queer and drag performances definitely the advocates the equality texas the lambda legals the texas freedom networks like support and get engaged and involved with those groups tent i think this, like i learned at that rally on that saturday the equality texas Texas said there's a whole transgender women's like housing collective in Austin. Yeah. And we do all this housing work at TCFB and and Molly and I were there. We we never it's heard amazing. of it. We were like, let's get your information. Let's like, yeah. like like how do we support like what you're doing? So I just think, yeah, and just standing up to it. Um, grab... bring in the joy.
1: Yeah. So from my perspective, it, it's a little different because I usually do have small children with me, either a 12-year-old or an eight-year-old, and <laughs> you know, my partner, and we're out in the community at like the zoo or <laughs> at the library. And so I think think, and this came up in a previous podcast too, but those little things that show you're a safe person. So I frequently talk with my children about gender, gender identity, LGBTQI folks, and all of those things. But we also make a point to recognize those symbols within our community. So if we are at the library and we see something that is affirming, we call it out. We thank the staff that's working there for having it present. We do things like that all the time. I also expose them to content, you know, that's age appropriate, of course, but that also has them asking those questions and we have honest conversations. And when we show up in the community, you know, I've talked about my pride chucks that I wear that have yes. rainbow shoelaces. Yes. Yeah. And a rainbow sole on the bottom and right. our pride pride pins on our clothes and things like that so that other people see us in the community or other young folks and they recognize that we are a queer couple or a queer family or we call ourselves a rainbow family.
2: I love that so much.
1: Yeah, and we try and show support in that way. And, you know, myself and my partner, we also we go to drag shows and we follow creators and content creators and things like that. And yeah, I think those little messages have a big impact when you're not able to financially support as much or go out as much. To different venues to support performers in that way. So I think there are ways you can show up in your community, whether you have young children or not. I have also my kids frequently have gone to drag shows and still will. So
0: yeah, I love like I don't have kids, but I love when I see kids at a drag show, like mm-hmm. and how engaged they're. And to your point, Maxine earlier about like if you've never been to one, maybe don't talk about how don't talk about it. Yeah, shows. because
2: in like, what what world are we living mm-hmm. in where you don't know? Well, we're living in this world and people judge other people. Based on something that I haven't even witnessed, so never mind, keep yeah. going.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's such good advice because, like, yes, there are drag shows that aren't age Catered appropriate for children, children. but it's- also you have to show your like, generally, even like 18-year-olds can't even those because you have to show your license and be 21 to even get into the bar to like, absolutely, like, absolutely. So, like, but they're so fun, like, drag shows, whether they're those like more like late-night adult ones or like family-friendly ones. My uh, my fun.
2: brunch I do at House Yon on a Saturday is 18 and up because it's burlesque. So we have people that are taking their clothes off. It's the awareness that what I've come to find when I see children at drag shows, their parents are very supportive. Their parents are fully aware of what they're bringing their children to. That's not to say that every drag show that has kids there is specifically catered to the all ages idea. So when that conversation comes up, I always tell people it is to the discretion of the parent. Now, if we're talking a drag queen story hour, I'm going to be wearing a gown. I'm going to look like a princess. Those kids love to see that. The awareness of that is it is me reading a story to children dressed as a princess. I mean, there's no in-between underlying kind of idea that somebody could get from that.
0: But kids love, like, they love music and they love dance and they love, like, dress up and they love, like, all exactly. of these things. And, like, it's just, kids love a rainbow. Like, let Hello. them live
2: their life, you know? Pride them- show. Are my favorite ones to see kids and their families at. Yes. Yeah. And not anyway, to bring it so... back to
1: Barbie, but <laughs> I mean, that's how you get all of those. Like, if, if I don't know spoilers for the movie if you haven't seen it yet, but like the weird Barbie, because kids play, they do their hair, they put makeup on them, they, you know, get really good in their, their self expression. You know? Yeah.
0: And so it's just like, it's baffling. I get it. Like, people, they get whipped up in like a fear frenzy or like whatever. If you've never seen a drag show, I just feel like you should see one. And don't, go and be those people like Maxine that you were talking about earlier. They're like sitting there with their arms crossed and just trying Stuck to like
2: lemons. do
0: like a gotcha moment where mm-hmm. like the drag, queen said a, the drag queen said a cuss word or like I, I,
2: she said fuck. Oh, oh my God.
0: And it's like, if you're going to go, go and have an open mind or like be quiet about it. And like, if you don't want your kids to go, don't take your kids. Like Don't take
2: your yes. kids. Like, I, it was that. Not- simple again we are adults it is a very simple concept to understand if you don't want your child to see drag don't bring him to the drag show okay yeah So, like wrap us down
0: we sometimes in our podcast with hopes and dreams and this feels like a very great topic to end on a hopes and dreams note and so tracy i don't know if you want to start if you have a hope and dream for the world for queer people in texas
1: yeah absolutely i I think my hope and dreams would be that through continued conversations and open conversation, especially with younger folks and especially trans kids, that we're showing them there is hope to move forward. And I know that by having conversations with my own kids and their peers and their peers' parents, that we're opening up more dialogue and understanding, especially in a more conservative area of town. And so I know that as my daughter gets older, that she is going to feel safe having these conversations and continuing to be open and will also one day be at the Capitol during a legislative session potentially and doing the same thing. And so I, I think that's my hope is to continue giving hope and to continue showing up. First,
0: hope and
3: dream? Hope and dream. I would like the advocacy and just the collective strength that the queer and trans and drag and supporter community in Texas demonstrated and continues to demonstrate be elevated and highlighted and publicized at a higher rate than the terrible shit that the Texas legislature did. Because I think that there's a lot to celebrate in that. And I also want us all to have fuel to keep going. And so I want people that were, you know, in the middle of it, like you, Maxine, to like just feel a lot of pride and like just and feel like people all over the country are like, wow, that is so awesome. That is magnificent what they were able to accomplish in light of such op- obstacles and horror. Look at this joy. Look at these people. Like there are still queer and trans kids that want to move to Austin, Texas because they saw that picture of you, you know? And so, and that is huge. Like, that is a buffer. That's a protective factor. Like, that is all, like, I want that to be as loud as the hateful bullshit.
2: Maxine, what about you? Hope and dream? My hope and dream is going to be a little bit different in the sense that I would absolutely want the drag community here in Austin and the drag community throughout all of Texas to not only get involved more with activism, but when it comes to being an activist and using social media as a platform for activism, I want more of the energy that the reasons for us doing this is to actually put out a change in the world and to really modify, you know, lawmakers and the legislation that we are dealing with. I think at times I see a lot of social media activism almost being used for gaining followers and for attention. And as somebody who got a lot of attention in a negative way, trauma of that has taken a toll on how I see social media specifically right now and how I see activism through social media. And so my hope and dream is that for those who want to be more active with being an activist and being politically minded, just remember the core concept of why we're doing this is to make change for the future generations here in Texas and less of how many followers can I get because I'm being political. Does that make sense? Like, I want it to really... Be energized and be excited to move forward with the community, not leading the community because of how many followers you have or what kind of attention it gives you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. I think
0: for me, like, I just want for young people to feel like safe coming out, being themselves. I want people from older generations who have had to hide and like really fight and be afraid and like make compromises that no one would ever dream of having to make today, like in a lot of places to just feel safe and to feel like they can be their true selves and that they, just to know that they have a community. There are people who are, leaders and who are vocal and standing up against these fights against this terrible legislation and on behalf of like people who don't have someone else to like stand up for them and so yeah i think that like this community in texas is strong The queer queer community is they we show up we like speak out and we like really work to protect our rights and protect each other and create safety so yeah thanks everybody for thinking through your hopes and dreams and for having this conversation today. I don't know if anybody has any like last Thoughts that we didn't get to that anybody wants to like throw out there,
2: but register to vote. Oh, vote. register if you're not registered to vote. I do a lot of shows where we have different organizations and different community leaders that can register people to vote. The easiest way to use your voice when it comes to legislation is voting, dropping a card. I mean, it's our right as a citizen of the United States to vote. I think that's something very important huge, huge
1: deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But
0: Maxine, thank you so much for talking (laughs) today absolutely Um, i mean it's just been a great conversation and of course like tracy and krista like love having y'all here too and yeah i hope that maxine we will put your your instagram your social media and
2: i mean i was about to say you mind if i plug myself for for two seconds to my whole little moment (laughs) all right for all of the listeners and everybody out there i hope you've had an amazing time with us if you would like to follow me you can find me on instagram at the only You can find me on other social media platforms, just Maxine Laqueen, If you Google Maxine Laqueen, you're going to find all of the articles, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can find me on Venmo at Maxine underscore Laqueen. If you would like to tip a girl, love to accept a friend request on Venmo. Follow me on all social media because I post all of the shows that I do. I'm a full-time entertainer. We need to support each other in the community. You know, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, it's as easy as messaging me. Or if you want to find out more ways to be politically active, come on out to a show buy me a shot and we'll have a lovely conversation <laughs> and I owe all of y'all shots whenever I'm able to start doing drag shows back up in Waco I got y'all or if y'all want to come on down to Austin I can
1: got you. In Austin. we're in Austin y'all
0: are in Austin okay. the next time I see you at a show I'm gonna come say hi
2: <laughs> yes please absolutely
0: but so we mentioned so many resources during this episode. We will put all of that in the episode description. We'll put Maxine's social media and Venmo in the description. And y'all, if you have any questions about this episode, please email us. We'll put our prevention email in the description as well. And this will be the last episode of season three of our podcast. So we will take a break in September. Um, I we'll was the finale.
2: What See the
0: finale? The grand finale. <laughs> I, I, yes. saved the best
2: I'm for last. I'm so less. sorry. No, it's. <laughs> today See you. y'all
0: so we won't have any episodes come out in september but we'll be back in october and so until then i hope everybody has a great rest of summer stay hydrated it's hot 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 out there so
2: august is austin pride month if you're in austin we got a lot of pride events happening i'm gonna plug equality texas find them on instagram at Equality texas and transgender educational network of texas texas freedom network those are all different resources that if y'all want to get involved more and i'm not (laughs) available. I don't respond to messages sometimes. I get off social media. Those are also places to follow and support us. Support local drag. Support trans people, okay? Trans lives fucking matter. Trans rights are human rights, y'all.
0: And if you're a queer person and you are experiencing family violence or domestic violence, relationship violence, you can reach out to your local family violence program. And if you don't know who that is, you can contact us at TCFV and we can help connect you to the local family violence program closest to you. So we're striving for that safety in communities and ending relationship violence until October. We hope you'll have a great time and we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody.
2: Bye.